It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning What's cooking, Memphis? Welcome in. Happy Hump Day. Time for the Wednesday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, their Christmas sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. First hour of the program also brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware. If you are scoring at home, it is the... Wednesday, December 6th, 2023 edition of the program. Currently, mostly cloudy skies, 37 degrees. We're looking at sunshine throughout the day. A few clouds lingering, but a high of 50. Not as warm as it was yesterday when it got up to 60. A few clouds tonight with a low of about 37 degrees. We are busy today. Coming up on the program in about 20, 25 minutes or so, we'll be joined by Sam Hardiman. He's the investigative reporter at the Daily Memphian who has been all over this uh, stadium issue, the stadium story yesterday. Uh, obviously, the council did meet. They tabled the vote. We have one, at least one rogue councilman who does not like uh, what's cooking as far as this deal is concerned. And that obviously has prompted Richard Smith to come out and say, listen, if you don't give over the stadium to the University of Memphis, the deal is going to fall through. It could affect the Grizzlies. So there is a lot going on. People on pins and needles will talk to Sam about where we go from here. At 8.05, Andy Borman joins us from Richmond, Virginia, Memphis Tigers assistant basketball coach. As the Tigers look to get back in the win column, snap a two-game losing streak as they play Virginia Commonwealth tonight in Richmond. At 8.25, Jerry Palm on college football, his bowl projections, how did he do with that? And we'll talk a little college basketball with him as well. At 9.05, we turn our attention to the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies will play the reeling, and I mean reeling Detroit Pistons tonight, who have lost 17 straight games. Can the Grizzlies get the dub? I think they better get the dub, despite them being decimated by injuries. We'll talk to DeMichael about that. And then at about 9.30 or so, Five favorite things, your five favorite songs that have any elements of cold, ice, winter, snow, frozen in the title of the song, in the title of the song. Put those lists together. Get them to us at 901-360-8255. You can also hit us up with your lists on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on the website sportsmemphis.com. But that is your topic, songs with cold or ice, the word winter, snow, frozen, so on and so forth in the title of the song. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm okay. Yeah? Solid. Good. Uh, better than maybe some uh, people at the university right now. Is they're wondering about what's going on with this whole council deal. Gosh, there's always something, isn't there, in Memphis? There, it's always It's never easy. Never easy. Well, uh, it's not just Memphis. It's When politics are involved, it's, yeah, things true. are not easy. True. It's, that's just the way it is. And they're... Clearly, our people on the city council were upset about the way the deal was done and that they were kind of um, push, pushed aside or not let in on this deal, and they're going to let it be known because I can, they have the power to do so. I can understand 
if they don't have all the information and they need a little more time to compile the information. If it's simply that, okay, I can understand that. If it's not, and we're going to talk to Sam about it, then I'm just flabbergasted because, again, this is, we talked about it yesterday at nauseum. We'll get the, the reporter, the guy who's really in there and knows all the details to talk with us in about 20 minutes. But again, at least from everything we've read, this has been something that the city obviously has had. It's been a financial loss. It's been an albatross uh, on their necks, on their backs. And now it would be beneficial to the University of Memphis. You'll have FedEx that'll be helping out the deal. You'll get the new uh, renovations at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. You have already the sign-off from the Grizzlies and Jason Wexler, and then you get the deal done with the Grizzlies. Then there are other people, including Fred Jones, Southern Heritage Classic, founder and director that says that maybe the Grizzlies deal should be first. All this going on. So again, it's, it's a mess right now. Let's move on until Sam joins us, and then we'll revisit. There's a lot to talk about. Grizzlies, as I mentioned, in action tonight against the Pistons. Grizzlies at 5-14, and 14, Detroit at 2-18, and 18, losers of 17 straight. And when you look at the Pistons, they've had a few injuries. Bogdanovich has been hurt for the most part. But that young core has been healthy. Cade Cunningham, you have... Jaden Ivey, who wasn't starting at the beginning of the year. You have one of the Thompson kids now that's on that team. You have Jalen Duran, on and on and on. You've seen some of these young teams really start to blossom, like Orlando. But I don't know what's wrong with the Pistons. It is a mess. And this is one that the Grizzlies have to win. Uh, you would hope so. You certainly would think that they uh, have a great chance at it. You don't want to be the team that a, a team ends a 17-game losing streak against. Um, there are certainly some good young pieces on that Detroit team, but I think they're a lot like the Orlando team of last year and even a little bit maybe before that um, where you've got a lot of young pieces, but they are super, super young and they're looking to figure out the right combination. They're looking for the veteran leadership, all of that stuff. I think it's just uh, they're, they're still a couple years away from uh, trying to put it together and, and figure out which ones are the right pieces of that entire group. So, yeah, even though it's on the road, it's a game that um, when you're talking about 17-game losing streaks, you mm -hmm. should go win. Last night, in-season tournament quarterfinals, Milwaukee put up 146 points and beat the Knicks 146-122. to 122. Defense was optional in that one. Giannis, 35, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. Julius Randle went for 41 for the Knicks. Milwaukee moves into the semifinals. They'll take on, I assume it's East, East, West, West. They'll take on Indiana. Mm -hmm. So Milwaukee and Indiana in Las Vegas, but the Bucks putting up nearly 150. Yeah, the, the shooting numbers, I mean, that's just incredible what they did last night, shooting over 60% from three-point range, shooting over 60% from the field. Uh, 23 of 38 from three-point range wow. in the game. Um, they just didn't miss shots. <laughs> you know, Julius Randle literally didn't miss a shot in the first half mm -hmm. for New York. He was 9 of 9. He ended up missing a few in the second half. He had a great game. But, I mean, Milwaukee just absolutely lit it up. The I think the early over-under I saw for the their game against Indiana is like 253 or something like that, which is what I think like the highest since 1995 or Play something the over. like that. Play the over. Um, that, that could be a fun game. They uh, Those goes. 
Indiana scores a ton. Milwaukee scores a ton. Um, that one that could be a an up and down game coming up Thursday. That'll be the it actually is an afternoon game. That's at four. Oh, is it really? I think. Okay, I think it's a four o'clock game on Thursday. That's the first of the two uh, semifinals, and then the the Laker the Western Conference game. Uh, with the Lakers and Pelicans will be an 8 o'clock game. Yeah, and the Lakers get there by winning last night. A lot different than the Milwaukee-New York game. This was more defensive-oriented. Lakers, Suns go down to the wire. Lakers win 106-103. That guy, LeBron James, he's not slowing down. 15 of his 31 in the fourth quarter. Yeah, some controversy at the end of that game where they gave him a timeout when uh, it appeared as though the ball was clearly loose and nobody had possession of it, but uh, they they granted LeBron a timeout. Um, and he is gave, LeBron for goodness' sake, right? And gave the Lakers the ball. That and uh, the the Suns were not happy. Frank Vogel lost his mind, which he rightfully should. I, the camera, I couldn't really see. I don't know if they ever had an angle where you could see exactly when LeBron called the timeout, but I don't think there's any chance he called mm-hmm. it while Austin Reese still had possession of the ball. Um, but LeBron played 40 minutes last night. So again, you could talk about this in-season tournament. Ah, there's a blah blah blah. They don't care. LeBron ain't playing 40 minutes in a December game if it wasn't a tournament. This in-season tournament game, right? But it also shows you that the whole load management, taking a game off, cutting down minutes is cockamamie. It's a bunch of crap. That's what it is. It always has been that way. Here's a 38-year-old playing like a 22-year-old. Yes, it shows you the importance. Of the in-season tournament, and I'll, I'll grant you that, but it also, again, it, it pokes to me um, the balloon, pops the balloon of this whole, oh yeah, you can't play that many minutes, there's too many games, there's load management, that's nah, a crock. But anyway, you got the Lakers, New Orleans, you got Milwaukee, and you got Indiana in the in-season tournament semifinals in Vegas, and again, the Grizzlies tonight in Detroit against the Pistons. We'll talk more about the Grizzlies when Michael Cole joins us at 9.05. College basketball, Memphis in action tonight. The Tigers at VCU. Tigers at 5-2. and two. They've lost two straight. Now, VCU is 4-4. Four and four. They've lost three of four, including a couple of bad losses. This is not a good Rams team, although they're playing a home game. ESPNU will carry the game 6 p.m. if you want to watch it. Tigers won last year's meeting in Memphis 62-47 when Kendrick Davis went for 26, and they held VCU to 29.1% shooting. But even compared to last year's team, let alone a couple of years ago, this Memphis defense is not as good. That's what Penny Hardaway is trying to fix. But tonight, I don't know if you call this early in the season a must, but in my opinion... Yeah, you can't lose this game. I don't care if it's on the road or on the moon. They're not a good team. Well, they just lost at home to Norfolk State. Right. So, let's, I, yes, I mean, this is, if you want to, again, be any sort of high seed in the NCAA tournament, you can't lose this game. I no, mean, no, but it's not a must game. Like, this is not going to determine whether you're in the tournament. continues to rack up losses. Right, right, right. Uh, you've lost another game to Ole Miss. We'll see what that ends up being. But you can't be losing to teams like VCU I if agree. you want to be a, a, a give yourself a chance in the NCAA tournament. And if you want to get a higher seed, not only got to win 
Tonight, you have to win Sunday in College Station against nationally ranked Texas A&M. The rankings did come out yesterday, well after our show wrapped up. Arizona won. I thought they'd be one. There was a lot of teams that were seeded that lost over the weekend. Kansas, two. Houston, up to three. Purdue, four. UConn, five. Florida Atlantic, which lost last night, 11th now. Kentucky, 16th. Tennessee, 17th. The aforementioned Texas A&M Aggies, 21st. As far as others receiving votes, Alabama from the SEC got 50. Ole Miss got 15. Arkansas got 14. Villanova got eight as they continue to drop like a rock. And Memphis only five votes when they finished the previous two weeks, 26th, if you stretched out the AP top 25 poll. You mentioned some of those games last night. Villanova, they lose to Kansas State 72-71 in overtime. Florida Atlantic loses to Illinois. In a battle of ranked teams, 98-89. Tennessee, a winner over George Mason, 87-66. Ole Miss wins again. They're 8-0. They beat Mount St. Mary, 77-68. UConn and North Carolina. It seems like UConn plays a big-time opponent every single game. Of course, they are big-time as well. The defending champions win 87-76. And one other game of note in the Big Ten, Indiana edged out Michigan 78-75. And again, Michigan, one of the teams that Memphis beat. Anything stand out from last night to you? Oh, the Jimmy V Classic was awesome. I mean, the Illinois-Florida Atlanta game and then that UConn-North Carolina game, that was, I mean, it was really high-level basketball. Um, obviously, a ton of points in that Illinois game. They had two, two different guys go for 33 um, in that game against Florida Atlantic. Um I actually came away. The the big kid from Florida Atlantic, the um, oh, Vladimir, yeah. whatever his mm-hmm. name is, he has gotten a lot better. He was he battled foul trouble in the first half last night, but when he was out there like that, he he has gotten really good with his left hand. He's got a little left handed jump mm-hmm. hook. Like he is way better than he was last year offensively. Um, and right now, you think about him matched up with this version right now of Jordan Brown. He would destroy Jordan Brown. Jordan Brown wouldn't be able to be on the on the court. They'd have to use either Malco or even go smaller with uh, Jordan. But yeah, I I actually came away last night with their loss more impressed with Florida Atlantic than I had been just because of him. Like he looks he looks really really good. And now they had good trouble guarding Illinois. But the the uh, the mask kid from Illinois the. SIU transfer. He was great. He was making shots from everywhere, doing whatever he needed to do. You got two guys go for 33 each. Um, you should win a college basketball game. Um, but, 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 but by the way, the big guys, what I talked about, and you, you kind of poo-pooed the whole big man college basketball thing. I said, that's the problem, is that you're going to face teams that have the real productive big men. We saw what Connecticut did last year in winning a national championship. They have a productive big man. Kansas has a productive big man. You need that. Even though it's, it's more of a perimeter-oriented game anymore, three-point shooting and getting up and down in transition, you still can benefit by having a productive big man. And that's why Memphis went out and got Jordan Brown, who has been the opposite of productive so far. And then that North uh, North Carolina and UConn are both... I mean, UConn is still... You know the the stud freshman who played last night, but he's been battling injury. Like they're they're doing this really without him having done anything yet. Right. Um, so they're that's a, a get a really really good UConn team. And they lost Hawkins to the NBA, who's playing now for New Orleans is actually contributing. So yeah, Danny Hurley's done an unbelievable job with the Huskies. All right, college football. A couple of rumors out there. Derek Mason's name has popped up for the 
MTSU job, the former Vanderbilt head coach. It looks like New Mexico is targeting Bronco Mendenhall, the former BYU head coach. And in portal news, and there's tons of it, Arkansas running back Rocket Sanders enters the portal. So K.J. Jefferson, has it ever become official with K.J. Jefferson? No, he's, he, he has not officially made his Okay, so he, but they could lose him. And now looks like they're going to lose Rocket Sanders. Apparently, they don't want to play for Bobby Petrino running that offense, or maybe just tired of uh, the situation at Arkansas with Sam Pittman, or just quite frankly looking for as much money as they can get. Yeah, or they're just a college football player <laughs> in, in 2023. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of college football players, this was a college football player from a different era, and he's ours. He's D'Angelo Williams, who joined us on the show Friday. And he was uh, spectacular as he was getting ready to head to Las Vegas. We had Jeff Crane on yesterday, University of Memphis Deputy AD, out in Vegas, along with other dignitaries to support last night's College Football Hall of Fame ceremony and the enshrinement of one D'Angelo Williams. And Zach, I believe you have a clip of D'Angelo from last night? Yeah, so uh, he had a they had a press conference with all the uh, inductees. And so uh, he answered a couple questions here. Okay. Well, it means a lot. Um, going to the University of Memphis, uh, very similar to Villanova, uh, it was a basketball school. And, you know, going there and not having the rich, bold tradition that some of the other schools had, um, you know, for me, even being up here and seeing the numbers that I saw is just like I'm still at all right now. I mean, there's a lot of people that, that are up here on the stage that have been talking that are you know, it's kind of expected. Like, you see Reggie Bush, and you're like, yeah, he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, you see Tim Tebow, you're like, yeah, he's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> like, you see those guys, and, you know, they're, they're very humble guys, but you, you see guys that are up here on the stage where you're just like, why did it take so long? And I'm up here, I'm like, where do I fit in? <laughs> you know, uh, it's been a lot of battles with uh, Reggie because – you know, as a running back coming up in the Reggie Bush era, uh, it was just Reggie Bush. <laughs> so, uh, you know, standing up here representing the University of Memphis uh, from a football standpoint, is, uh, it's amazing. And, and uh, we really appreciate the nod. That's great. I mean, he's so humble. He talked about Reggie Bush being humble and Tim Tebow, and they are. But certainly D'Angelo Williams, what a representative for the University of Memphis and for the city of Memphis as well. One other note as we kind of jump around from sport to sport, this is something to keep an eye on. I know it's December and we're not thinking about golf, but there is a story out there from the Telegraph. I guess that's out of, is that out of England, London, the Telegraph? Uh, I think so. There's a story that there may be an offer on the table to John Rahm to join Live, And again, I thought these leagues were all coming together and it was going to be kumbaya. I don't know what's going on with golf anymore. But there is a story that says John Rahm may have a $500 million offer on the table from Liv. And in the story, they say he's going to accept it. Well, it's been talked about for a week now that he's going. Over a week. It's been like a done deal. But John Rahm was headed to Liv. John Rahm, who said really basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, to hell with the live. I'm a PGA Tour guy. Just proving again, money speaks. Again, not official yet. I've seen well, the they, rumors as well, but the Telegraph the, says that he's going to accept it. 
But and, and there's also talk that there's going to be a lot more. I, I think that a lot and of And a lot these, more guys? Yeah, there's other guys that are following. Uh, I think a lot of these guys, with the fact that the PGA Tour went and decided to, hey, we're going to partner with these guys, said, well, hell, if you guys are going to say, like... If you're going to partner with them, like, why am I turning down the money? Like, if they're going to continue to offer it. Like, right. I, They've I, also talked out of both sides of their mouths. Your guys your guys have said that they're fine. So, hell with you. Then I'll just take the money until you guys get this all figured out. Right. And here we are, as you said, till they get it figured out. We're in December. They haven't figured it out yet. So, who knows what's going to end up coming down as far as the DP World Tour combined with the Live and the PGA Tour. But I don't begrudge these guys. I remember the whole argument with you and me and and some of our listeners when those guys first took the money. Ah, oh, they're taking blood money. They're doing this. They're doing that. I'm saying, dude, man, they're doing what they think is right for them and their family. And so now, are they going to get the criticism that uh, is John Rom going to get the criticism that those guys got? Probably is not. John Rom going to say he's going to grow the game, or is John Rom going to say I don't he's care. Going I, for the I money? don't care what they say. I'm just saying that who cares. I mean, they're going. They don't care where that money's coming from. Hey, man, I know it bothers some people. Other people, it doesn't. They're worried about them. They're worried about their lives. They're worried about their family's lives. And again, I don't begrudge Rom if he leaves. But if he does, you're talking about... Now, I wonder who else they can go after. Will they go after a Scotty Scheffler? Obviously, they've gone after McElroy, but that I think is going to fall on deaf ears. I think, but I thought it was going to fall on deaf ears with John Rom. But when you throw a half a billion dollars up there, money talks. He was offered, I think, four hundred million the first time around. That's what he, I think that's what he said. I think it was like I think it was something like four hundred million that he got the offered the first time. Yeah, I think that I think that's just the tour basically opening the door, saying like we're welcoming these guys in. I, if I'm any of these guys, I'm like, well, hell, if you guys are saying it's okay, then what, what's the difference? You but basically you are one with them. So what's the difference? Where I'm playing, yes, so I'm gonna, I'm willing to, uh, I'll go back and take that money. But the PGA Tour has to get this rectified with Live, where it's incorporated, where everybody is one. Because if not, you're losing all this talent and continue to lose some of the best talent in the game. Folks, the holiday shopping season is upon us. If you're looking for that special gift or special someone, maybe you're thinking about popping the question and getting engaged this holiday season. Well. The place you need to go, that would be Genesis Diamonds. Massive selection. Selection unlike anything else you'll find here in Memphis. You'd notice it when you walk in the door. Just case after case after case of fine jewelry, diamonds, everything you can imagine. Lines of jewelry that others, nobody else here in town even has whatsoever. Plus a great staff to help you. The prices are amazing. Something for every budget out there. They've got you taken care of at Genesis Diamonds. And for this holiday season, how about up to five years no interest financing? That's right. Up to five years no interest financing is what you'll find at Genesis Diamonds. So whatever that perfect piece of jewelry is that you're looking for, well right now you can get it. Always at a great price. Right now up to five years zero interest financing as well maybe it's one of those pre-owned rolex watches maybe it's a, that engagement ring maybe it's some special pendant whatever that is they've got it for you at genesis diamonds a great staff to help you find that perfect piece of jewelry and again up to five years zero interest financing genesis diamonds is located in the poplar common shopping center there's a poplar and perkins extended go check them out buy that find that special holiday gift at genesis diamonds sam hardeman from the daily memphian on the stadium issue when we return, this is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. 
Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 729 The Time. Happy Hump Day to you. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the family Leisure Studios. Of course, yesterday, the Memphis City Council and the whole stadium issue became a major, major headache for just about everybody here in the city, especially with the university. What is going to happen? It seemed like after the folks at FedEx, led by, of course, Fred Smith and his family got involved, this was going to be an easy done deal, but nothing is easy. As I said earlier, when it comes to Memphis, nothing is easy when it comes to politics. Memphis City Council voting to postpone the two resolutions related to the stadium that would have been considered at the meeting Not now will not be considered until December 19th. And uh, the guy who has really been crushing it with this story uh, does a great job for the Daily Memphian. He is their enterprise and investigative reporter. He has Sam Hardiman. You can follow him on Twitter at Sam Hardiman. Kind enough to join us very early today to talk about the situation. Sam, how are you? Thank you for joining us. No problem, Greg. How you doing? I'm I'm doing fantastic. I, I think uh, I'm a little irked by everything, but you know, to some extent, to some extent, small. I can understand if you're a member of the council, you want to make sure you have ample time. You want to make sure you have all the information. Is, is that basically the situation with JB Smiley that he's concerned not having enough uh, information about this? Uh, and if not, what are his concerns? And does he have support? Yeah, so I'll answer the first question first um, about support. The last question first, I should say. About support. Yes, there is support. J.B. Smiley could not have held that item on his own yesterday, okay? If there had been an easy 7, 8, 9 vote that the University of Memphis could count it, could have counted yesterday, it would have gone for a vote in terms of the transfer of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. Mm -hmm. And looking at the city council and, and, and all your listeners can watch this on youtube go to memphis city council on youtube their committee hearings are there is a live stream of those hearings that you can go rewatch. there was widespread and as a reporter of the daily Memphis, there was widespread skepticism and and worth morgan one of the council members said it very clearly this was the university of memphis clutching political collateral damage for the way that the city council was told about this very big deal mm. okay and, and, and that was a big part of it. In, in terms, there are some complicated political dynamics here that everyone, as, as they're being very frustrated that, you know, the stadium and they don't understand, people on Twitter and the sports fandom, you know, don't understand why this is, happens the way this is. It's, you have a lame duck mayor, Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland, leaves office in like 20-something days, okay? He, for years, his administration has been very powerful and has really used the city council is a rubber stamp very notably very few times have they ever lost at city council okay now at the end of his term he is dropping a massive deal off at their doorstep and 
the media, you know, broke it before the council really knew about it, you know, in the moments before, like that is, that doesn't rub people well. Mm-hmm. People did not enjoy that on the city council. And so what part of, and that's why you build, and that's why the, there was a three week timetable of bring it the last meeting of November. You have sort of one meeting of wiggle room because they meet every two weeks for something like this to happen. So there was cushion built into the legislative timeline for something like this to occur. So is it, um, I guess, is it almost fair to say, like, is this the city council trying to kind of set the tone for the new mayor? Like, you you can't do this type of stuff? Like, we're not going to be pushed over? Yeah, I think it's definitely trying to set the tone, right? I think it's definitely, you know, Smiley's now the incoming chairman, okay? And, you know, I'd be very surprised if there's a vote down on the stadium at this point. Like, they, they will pass transfer of ownership to Simmons Bank, Levy Stadium. They're very likely to do that. What this was was some politicians flexing their muscles as well as, you know, there should be real questions, right, mm-hmm. about a $120 million transfer of state dollars and transferring a, a civic, you know, a civic piece of real estate, you know, that's been in your custody for 65 years. There should be some real questions about that, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's also sort of natural. And so... What I think a lot of people got yesterday is welcome to Memphis politics, okay? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and not, like, there's a lot of talk about, like, dysfunction and all of that. Like, that, it's just sort of a bare-knuckled Congress. That's what Memphis politics is. That's what the city council is. You go up there and you get beat up a little bit, and usually you get what you ask for. But you're going to get beat up sometimes. Look, I I wasn't quick to <clears throat> excuse me land base this guy because I didn't have all the details and I gave him the benefit of the doubt on the show yesterday and then as the day progressed you had a lot of people just going after the guy that he's trying to do this to make a name for himself this and that and this and that as I opened up our conversation like I said I believe that you have the right as a member of the council to have all that information to be able to uh, dissect it all uh, digest it all and then make a rational decision and if the vote was too quick I can understand them tabling it which they did but I'm looking at the quotes and this all came in many of the great articles that you wrote he said I'm not sold on these ideas now he said we will not be dictated to i understand that it's a little egotistical but i understand that we will not be told when and and how we got to do something i i get that but i'm a little worried about the i'm not sold on these ideas again this is a as everything i've read this has been an albatross on the city this this stadium so it seems like it's a win-win what is he not sold on well i I think look that's a that's political speak right like like that is you know, I think coaches sometimes speak and, and, and acknowledge the premise of the question about the same as politicians, right? Like, mm-hmm. what he was saying there, and, and, and you know, I, I can't mind meld with Councilman Smiley, so I want to be hesitate as to how deep I go there. But, but right. I was also like, I'm not sold on any of the ideas in my resolution. It sounded like, it also sounded like he wasn't sold on the deal itself. Look, right. like, J.B. Smiley is just one vote on a 13-member council. There are other members on the council Councilwoman Patrice Robinson, Councilwoman Rhonda Logan, who expressed concerns yesterday that if the U of M goes and answers those concerns, they are much closer to home on their vote. And, you know, Ken Moody, who works for the university, works for the president's office now, was at the city a long time, you know, advising Mayor Strickland, advising Mm -hmm. Mayor Harrington back in the day. He's very savvy and he knows what he's doing. 
Jim and Katie Van Lanningham, they know what they're doing when they're dealing with a legislative body. They they wisely did not bring it to a vote yesterday so that they would lose because they probably would have lost or gotten very close to losing. And instead, they have two weeks to talk to people to, and this, a lot of this will happen behind the scenes because that's how this works, and, and, and answer questions about what happens. They need to, you know, I think answer a lot of concerns about the Southern Heritage Classic. And, and Fred Jones, you know, was at council yesterday. He is an influential guy with those council members, okay? Because the Southern Heritage Classic is the political event in this town. It is one of the political events, okay? And it should be, it should be viewed as such. And so it really, like, the, the university needs to probably have some things in writing with Fred Jones and the Southern Heritage Classic and probably needs to have some things in writing with the Liberty Bowl to say, look, like, when we own this thing, they have very secure futures in the intermediate time, right? And, and that, I think, is everyone's amenable to that. That probably gets done. And then I think the real question is, is what happens to the $28 million in debt that the Liberty Bill still has that city taxpayers will still pay? And that's a real question. I mean, the city taxpayers are currently paying debt on Electrolux, which no longer is there, right? <laughs> like, it, it has, the Mem- Memphis has stranded albatrosses before. Okay, and stranded in pieces of debt before. This at this time, getting the Liberty Bowl off the books means there is money every year that goes into the general fund. There's time and services that city employees now provide in kind that isn't happening, right? And so those are things for efficiency that, you know, the Strickland administration maybe hasn't clearly made their case and did not make their case yesterday at council beyond an email from the mayor. And they were kind of conspicuously absent when, you know, beyond Chief Shandell Ryan, when they were getting beat up yesterday. So, Sam, are they saying that the $28 million debt still owed, that since, if if it's transferred to the University of Memphis, that instead of the, um, instead of residents of Memphis paying in their taxes to, um, to get rid of that debt, the university should uh, pick up that debt yes. tab? They're they are saying that, and, and, and that, you know, the university was like, that's a non-starter. And right. like, look, they, they, were, they were talking about, you know, essentially some legalese as how debt is assigned based on the revenue that backs it, okay? Because, like, all of municipal debt is, is governed in certain ways based on what is there to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And, and so that is complicated. I don't think the university is going to go for that. And, and I'm not sh- – and, and I think that would be the thing that broke this thing apart. I'm not confident the city council is going to really stick to its gun on that. And, and I don't know. I, I could be wrong. This is all just informed speculation. But that's the thing that would break this apart, would be that $28 million in debt. I don't think it's the board seats that J.D. Smiley's pushing for. Because I don't think that political will is, I don't think, there for that, from the comments I heard yesterday. The debt people are concerned about. At, at the same time, it was debt that the city agreed to pay well before Fred Smith appeared on the horizon and said, if you transfer to Liberty Bowl, I got fifty million bucks to help the steel work mm-hmm. and his family, right? And that, you know, because Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland has wanted to get rid of the Liberty Bowl for a long time. A year ago, you and I, Greg, were at a press conference with the university at the Bill Laurie Center, I believe, and he said that right. that he would give them the Liberty Bowl, right? Like he's been open, take it, please. And, and so I think really it's going to be a question of that debt. I, I don't see it not working out though the well that's the thing because if we believe the numbers didn't they isn't according to the mayor it's about a four million dollar loss per year yeah i mean yeah if we believe in i mean and i don't want to like 
say like, oh, they're they're lying, but like, look, like the city is measuring in kind contributions, which is significant, right? Like Nick Walker, the city's very competent parks director, spends a lot of his time on Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, right? Like at a management level, right? Like you know, dealing with things that they need, right? And dealing and talking with Patrick Carrier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so like all of that, you know, is is tied in here. You know, when you're measuring in kind contributions. The math can get pretty easy, right? <laughs> and, and so that, that's what I would say. Um, but look, like looking at the city financial statements, general fund dollars have subsidized the Liberty Bowl, right? And when we're talking about general fund dollars, and, and it's not just football I'm going to talk about here, because the Grizzlies get subsidized too. Like these are, these are funds that could go to building community centers, to fixing that curb cut, to those potholes that, that ding our cars all the time. And instead, they've gone to home locker rooms, right? They've gone to fixing up the scoreboard. And that's just essentially subsidizing football, right? Mm-hmm. And the Grizzlies get that same type of, of support even more. There's a backstop on their operating losses, right? So, like, like what we're really talking about is, is subsidy of sport, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and so when you know, the mayor is saying, like, it's $4 million, maybe it's $4 million with the in-kind, and I don't know how that's measured. But it's just, it's money. It's real money. And that money, because it's general fund money, could be going to city services that aren't football okay. or basketball. Well, well and that, my, my thing is, like, why would we, why worry about the $28 million of debt if the thing's creating more debt every single year? Like, you just want to get rid of it. Whether, That's and, why I said an albatross on the city. But, it, it, you know, I guess, I guess maybe, maybe they don't believe the books. I don't know if it's the books. I think it's it's also just there is always going to be suspicion in, in this town and any town from, politi- <laughs> from politicians when you're when you're giving something away. Yeah. Okay. Right. And it's something and something so notable. You know, you see it from the sky. It's a landmark when you come into the city, right? Like this isn't. You know, I, I've heard the analogy made with the downtown parks and the Confederate statues. This is not that situation. It is a different situation that, you know, it's far less divisive. And and it's just, I think there is, and like I said at the top of the program here, it, it there are some political dynamics of a city council that dealt with a powerful mayor for a long time who is less powerful than he was. Okay. Okay? And, and, and that is some of just the noise that you hear. And nothing, and it is it is noise, and it will probably end with this getting transferred to the University of Memphis on December 19th. Okay, which leads me to this, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up. We really do appreciate uh, your insight, Sam, and, and thank you so much for joining us. But now we go back to the other dynamic, and that is FedEx. And that's why we're in the position we're in, where you hope that you'll see the renovations to Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium, that the Grizzlies will be taken care of with renovations to FedEx Forum, and everybody will live happily forever after. But uh, we know that there's a lot of hoops to jump through. So yesterday, you had a chance early to talk to Richard Smith. I, I talked about your quote from Richard on the show yesterday. Richard is not pulling any punches. And we know it started by, I think it was uh, it was Smalley by saying that he um, wanted to have a voice, I guess, if it is given to the University of Memphis Auxiliary Service Foundation, that he would still want to have 
a representative or a voice. And and to me, it's like, come on, you don't you don't need vo- all these voices. You need one voice. Did Richard Smith not say that? No, that's not happening. Uh, that's the deal will fall through if that happens, and if it does, it could put the Grizzlies and their long term stay in Memphis in jeopardy. Am I am I wrong about that? Or no, did, no did I mean that you're 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 interpreting what he said correctly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I I would say like that was you know about the idea that if this deal did not happen, if the transfer did not happen, right? Because the university is not probably agreeing to that board seat. Right, right, and maybe they will. Maybe that's the compromise we hear about that gets this done. Right, like that's always possible. Right, but like at the time they were not agreeing to that board seat. And if the ownership of the stadium does not transfer to U of M, the Smiths will not be giving their fifty million dollars. That's that is what he said, and he, you know, the, the Smith family has been very clear, and, and really, it's, you know, Richard in the two interviews with me has been very, very clear, and I think on other radio programs, like this was about the Grizzlies too. This was not about just supporting the University of Memphis football program. It was there is a lack of resources to get these stadium deals done. There is a need for private capital. We are supplying private capital. I think there's hope that other private capital could come in at some point, but that's a subject for another day. Right. It's, it's, we, are, we are getting these, um, these gummed-up works going with $50 million. The university can go find another fifty. The Grizzlies will get two-thirds of the state cash, the $350 million in cash, and they will have all these other revenue streams, the Strickland administration secured in Nashville last year, which you know haven't been maybe widely reported beyond the Daily Memphian, but are significant. And, and we can get one stadium done, and then we have a $150 to $200 million gap for the Grizzlies that we have to bridge to get to about $550 million for renovations to the FedEx Forum, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's where, you know, when this passes, most likely passes, when the transfer of Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium goes, that's the big question. So Richard Smith yesterday, to get back to the point, was was saying, look, like these are all interconnected. Yeah. And, and and if we lose the Grizzlies, right? Because like I think the subtext of Richard Smith saying what he's saying, who is an informed person, right? Is like there is a number that the city of Memphis and, and Memphis writ large has to get to, right? And if not, there is a chance that, like, there's a pack-up and lease. You know, like, the Grizzlies yeah. have not said that. Like, the Grizzlies, I may hear from the Grizzlies for even mentioning that, right? But that's what Richard Smith was saying. And and that is, like, that is the probably, to him, the truth of the matter. And we'll see if that reality, right. you know, he talked about a very scary reality in the city of Memphis, you know, without the Grizzlies downtown and sort of losing even more vibrancy there, you know, we'll see if that comes to pass. But it was certainly a dire picture. The uh, what a, with the whole situation with this transfer of the state is it just the stadium or is it would the university have the entire like would the Mid South Coliseum no, then belong it, to it, the university? No, it, it is it is literally like a I don't know where the ring around the stadium stops, but it's a ring like 30, 40 feet outside okay. the stadium. So okay, the rest so of that like, is still the city then. Yeah, like the okay. city would control Tiger Lane. So if like okay. the university did something nuts at the stadium that they hated, right? You know, they painted it, like, bright orange and, like, had flares going off in the middle of the night to terrorize the neighbors, right? <laughs> like, like the city of Memphis would have some ability to impact the land around it to make things okay. difficult for the university, right? Like, there's leverage there, you know? And, and the two would very much be sort of, like, partners at at Liberty Park. It was, yeah. I guess, what we're supposed to call it now. And so that's, that, that's like, a key thing here is, no, they're going to have the Mid-South Coliseum. 
They're still going to have the Memphis Sports and Events Center. Like, everything else beyond a ring around the Liberty Bowl okay. belongs to the city. <laughs> okay. Okay, so final 30 seconds here. December 19th, everything's been tabled to December 19th. Do you, Sam Hardiman, expect the vote to happen? Do you expect the vote to pass? And by the way, what do they need to pass the vote? Is it uh, 75%? You need seven votes to pass anything seven. in the Memphis City Council. Seven, it's okay. 13-member body, you need seven, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and yes, I expect it to pass. I expect the vote to happen, okay? And I say this now, um, 13 days ahead of time, and, like, that is not set in stone and is not a, you know, but it, but it would be, like, it would not, I think if it was going to be voted down, having covered the Memphis City Council the way it's happened, it would have been voted down yesterday. And so I think, you know, there's a lot of time to work out some, you know, deals and to assage the concerns of the Liberty Bowl, Southern Heritage Classic, certain members of the city council. And, you know, that that time, if used well, is, will make this thing probably fly through. He is the Daily Memphian Enterprise and investigative reporter. If you're not following Sam, you're missing out, ladies and gentlemen. He's got this story and many, many others covered like a glove. Sam, we really thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Make sure to follow Sam on Twitter as well at Sam Hardiman. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, gentlemen. Be well. You too. Yeah, it's interesting, the Fred Jones part of it, and I know we're up against the clock here, but the Fred Jones thing is interesting because I'm sure that he's concerned, and maybe even Steve Earhart, that if the university gains control, what happens? Is it rent? Is that what you call it, rent? They become a tenant. Would, the, would their uh, cost go up? Right yeah, So, but would the cost go up from what the city, because I heard like what the city charges is pretty relatively low. And hasn't really gone up in the years. You know, will, will the university try to to get more out of that? I you know I got to understand a concern like that. But um, you know, again, that's something. But the other thing Fred said that he thought that the Memphis Grizzly situation should have been settled first, the stadium, the arena, before even Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium. So anyway, a complicated issue. But there you go. You got uh, some great insight from Sam Hardiman. We will take a quick time out, come back, wrap up hour number one. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. We are Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 WHBQ. Available on your radio dial at 560 AM and 98.5 FM, as well as around the world online at sports56whbq.com. Take us with you everywhere by downloading the Sports 56 app. And at home, just say, Alexa, play Sports 56. Wherever you are, stay tuned in to Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. So speaking of politics, look, I'm still upset that I believe Florida State got hosed. But there's not much you can do about it, right? However, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida took the college football playoff committee to task on Tuesday, slamming its decision to exclude the undefeated Florida State football team from the 14 playoff. Speaking at a news conference to detail his proposed $114.4 billion budget for Florida, said he is asking for $1 million to let Florida State sue the college football playoff committee, even though the championship will be decided months before a budget is approved. Man, politicians, I'll tell you what. (laughs) 
I mean, the lot of them you can throw into a bag and, you know, they're all the same. I mean, there are some that are a little bit different, but very rare do you get the politician that just is, is truly caring of everything and is not grandstanding, is not doing this for a political um, movement in his career or, or to do something that just makes him stand out. Here's DeSantis, who I believe is a, a uh, candidate for president, right? And just, you know, again, get, get your constituents, do, do whatever you can, say stupid things like trying to do this. Again, well after the fact. What are you going to get out of it? How, what are you going to sue? You gonna take away the Alabama's results in the playoffs? Come on, man. Just crazy stuff. It is. That is politics. By the way, Alabama, Michigan. Michigan, a one and a half point favorite in the Rose Bowl. And it's Washington, a four-point dog to Texas in the Sugar Bowl. If you haven't seen the odds yet. This hour of our program brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of White Station and Quince. Went there by there yesterday to see the folks at East Memphis Ace Hardware. Had to get some stuff. Had to get me some more leaf bags. But, man, I just walked around that store. So much stuff to choose from. Great holiday gift ideas all over the place there. Anything you need to get any project done around the house, they've got it for you. Great, helpful staff to help you find whatever it is you're looking for. Go see them. East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of White Station and Quince. When we come back, we open up Hour 2 talking Memphis Tigers basketball. They are in Richmond, Virginia for tonight's game against VCU. Assistant coach Andy Borman will join us. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.